tonight. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, Lord. We thank you for your spirit at work in us. And Lord, we ask, Father, tonight for the Holy Ghost to just teach this message and preach this message. I ask, Lord, for that preacher to come. Lord, I ask for that anointing to preach and teach as you desire. And Lord, we all ask for that anointing that we can hear and receive what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking this evening. And Lord, we ask it in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Everybody says, glory to God. Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to be getting back into this concept tonight of the fullness of Christ. And I want you to know there's an important part that we're going to get into tonight. This morning we talked about the necessity of the fullness of Christ, and, and there are certain things that just won't happen that God wants to use you. God can use you, but there are certain things that, that just simply will not happen until we get into that place where we have the fullness of Christ about us. And um, that first place, we talked about Philip and Stephen and how nothing was going forward in their life and ministry until they got the fullness of the Holy Ghost, until they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. And we talked about how important it is to be faithful. And, and, and you know, we went down and, and we talked about how important it is to be humble and, and to let the Word of God correct our doctrine. Um, one of the most important qualities I love of Apollos, which is in the book of Acts, um, Apollos, he's, you know, he knew about God. He was preaching about God, but he didn't know the way of God right. And, and Priscilla and Aquila came and they took him to the side and they, they perfected his knowledge about God so that then he became the vessel that God wanted him to be. And that's all because, look, when you start out, none of us knows it all, but the word of God has it all. And we have to be willing to be corrected by the word of God. And one of the things that I, I, I said, and I, I want to say it again and, and we'll start, is that, you know, sometimes we have people in our life and we'll say, well, you know, my granddad taught me this and my, my you know, my aunt taught me this and, and this. But you know what? At the end of the day, there's going to have to come a crossroads where sometimes they might have they might have said something that might be against this. And and I just implore you to take the word of God above what anybody says. We can love them. You know what? We can love them. But if we're going to go forward in God, we have to be willing to be corrected by the word of God. It's one of those things that hinders a lot of people because sometimes they, people, they just can't. Well, you know, my grandma, they, she just would not go with that. Well, you know what? If the word says it, we need to not hinder what God wants to do in us. Why am I telling you that? Because we need to go forward in God. This generation needs you to go forward in God. Amen. This generation doesn't need me to get complacent and kick my feet up. This generation doesn't need you to get dried out, cold hearted. This generation needs you to be filled up, fired up, full of the Holy Spirit so that so that God can use you in a generation that is lost and undone. What? Listen, when we're around Thanksgiving table, when we're around family, we're around coworkers, and they're not right with God, they're backslidden, their theology's messed up, they're not right, they've got addictions and afflictions. I want to tell you something. Rhetoric won't cut it. You can argue with a wall all you want, but what God needs is somebody to be filled with the Spirit of God that can speak the Word to that soul, to that spirit. That's where conversion takes place. When you speak the Word, listen, it bypasses the natural intellect and it gets down into the root of the issue. 
Amen. It gets down to the root of the issue. God can do what we cannot do. You can look rhetoric is like tying a thief's hand up. You you can convince a thief they shouldn't do it, and I'll spank your hand, I'll tie your hand. If I have to, I'll cut your hand off. But you know what? Rhetoric does not change hearts and lives. Only the Spirit of God can change somebody. And what we need is we need to go forward in God so that God can use us in that full capacity. Amen? Amen. God, God wants to use us. God's chosen to work in the church through the power of the Holy Spirit. Not through rhetoric, not through dogmatic theology, not through systematic teaching. God has chosen to work in the world today through the operation of the Holy Spirit. That's how he's chosen to work. And if we're against that, we're against his work. We're trying to do it our own way. We're trying to do it all nice and neat, clean cut. But you know what? Sometimes with God, things have to get sloppy. Sometimes things have to be tear stained. Sometimes we have to be we have to be willing to be broken before God. We have to be humble before God, and God will use us. Don't ever be so proud that God can't use you. Amen. I know people that they won't go to an altar. They just will not go to it. I got too much pride to go to an altar. I want to tell you, when I got saved, you couldn't stop me from going to an altar. They started playing that first song. I was there before the preaching was there. Because I need God. Amen. I need God. And you know what? God's looking for people today that need him. And I want to tell you, God, God is, is going to take the church into a place of fullness with or without us. You hear that? God's going to take the church to a place of fullness with or without us because God's got a plan for these last days, and he's going to raise up a nameless, faceless generation. He's going to raise up some people that don't want notoriety. They don't want fame. All they want is God. All they want is the glory of God on people's lives. All they want is for Jesus to receive the reward of his suffering. All they want is souls to be saved by the power of God. God's raising up this. God's raising this up. And, and it's a fullness that we need. Let's, let's, read, um, let's read verse 11 through 14 just to get that context, and then we're going to move forward in Jesus' name. It says, He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Wave your hand. You're a saint. Hallelujah. God did something so that we can get a perfecting going on. For the, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Not so that we can have a good church service. Not so that we, we can dress better. Not so that we can be more eloquent. Not so that we can learn how to write books, but so we can do ministry. Ministry. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Listen, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You see God's goal. God's goal is to use this fivefold ministry to perfect us so that we can get involved in the work of God so that we can get to this place, this stature of the fullness of Christ. That's God's plan. God's plan is to get his church to that place. Right now, it's not there. 
Right now, we're, we're depending on smoke machines and neon lights. Right now, we're depending on bingo, bringing people into the doors. You can play bingo and bring people in, but this is what wins souls. And the reality of the situation is, is that God is going to take the church into fullness. Like I said, with or without us. He's going to bring his church to the right doctrine. He's going to bring his church to the right spirit. He's going to bring his church to the right fullness, with or without us. And he says here, why? Why do we need this fullness? It says in verse 14 that, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. We'll stop right there. Listen, the fullness that God has for you equals you not being tossed to and fro. See, if you get full of the Spirit of God, if you come to this place of maturity that God has for you and has for the church, you won't be moved by every new thing that comes on the block. You won't be moved by things that don't appear right. You'll be only moved by the Spirit of God. But people today, they don't have that fullness. They don't have that stature of Christ in themselves. And so they will move off of that narrow path because it got too hard. They'll move off of those old paths because nobody else is walking on this old path and I'm all alone. Well, you know what? I'd rather go all alone with God than go to hell with the world. Amen. But if we don't have that maturity, if we don't have that fullness of Christ, that stature that God has for us, then we're going to be tossed to and fro. We're going to say, oh, my friends aren't here. Or, oh, you know, these people aren't here. I guess we need to change things up. No, you don't need to change up the old path. You need to stick to the old path. You need to stay on the old path. You need to get on that old path and holler at everybody and say, guys, this is the way you're supposed to walk. These old paths, Jeremiah said, they wouldn't go in them. Those old paths were there, but nobody would go in them. And it's that way today. Everybody's depending on the, 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 the celebrity pastors. And celebrity churches. I want a church where Jesus is the celebrity. Amen. I want a church where Jesus is magnified, not man. I want a church where Jesus is the heartbeat of the place. Not Starbucks. Amen. I want a church where the Spirit of God flows. And, you know, God is looking for a, a and He is going to get a church that comes to this place of fullness. Let me tell you, if we don't get to this place of fullness, we're going to be derelict in our duty. You know what derelict means, right? It means you didn't do what you were supposed to do. The worst whooping I ever got was when I was derelict from cutting the grass. But you know what? Society, society doesn't need our poems. Society doesn't need our poems. You know what society needs? The power of God. You see, we have people that are we have people that are facing circumstances and situations, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, sexual abuse. We have situations going on in our world today. We have children that are being that are being um, uh, chemically castrated right now. 
We have children that are being tormented sexually right now. I want to tell you, our poems are not going to help that. Only the power of God is going to change what's going on. And we are not in a place so depraved and dark that God can't work. But it's going to take the church getting a hold of God. It's going to take the church getting back to the fire of God. Amen. Maybe God's going to have to get it to where there's no more electricity in the churches before we depend on the power of God again. But something's going to have to break loose because God is looking for that generation that is going to be full of Him. Because that's what society needs. Society needs a church that is depending not on poems, but on the power of God. Amen? The fullness of God is a necessity in these last days. See, the days in which we live, we face battles that a lot of people never thought I would, I never thought I would face. Pornographic books in children's libraries at school. Teachers that, you know, don't go by man or woman. We, 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 we are facing a situation in our, in our society that we're not accustomed to. There's no, there's no um, guide for this except for God. And if we, if we just tune all that stuff out, I want to tell you, like I just said, we are derelict in our duty before God. Let me tell you, when God sent the Holy Spirit, He did not send the Holy Spirit just so that we could open church, come into church, and do backflips. And I say it all the time, I'm all for the backflips. But what happened after the Holy Ghost came down on that first church in the book of Acts, they got filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues, and they opened the door, and they went out in the community, and the community saw the power of God in their life, and they went about healing, they went about laying hands, prophesying, they went casting out demons, they went and preached the word, they went and preached the gospel, they touched the afflicted, they touched the downtrodden, they went to the outcasts. They went to the nobodies. And they raised up a church in that day. And you want to know why Starbucks and donuts don't cut it? Because God's not going to be mocked. God's not going to be mocked. There's an old path that God has called the church to. And we've drifted off of it. Amen. We've drifted off of it. That old path, that is the good path. That's right. It is the good path. But our, we live in a godless society, and it's becoming more godless by the day. Think about this. If our society truly is becoming more godless, and I don't know anybody that would object to that. If our society is becoming more godless by the day, if the church really was full of God, wouldn't we stick out like a burr in their saddle? I mean, wouldn't we right now be the object of hate? I mean, there's a problem if the church is, is supposed to be representative of God and society is godless, but they can get along with us. They can get along just fine. We can build a megadome. We can build a megadome and the, and the society don't care. Why? If society is godless and they tolerate us, that tells you there's a disconnect. That tells you we've been derelict in this one thing, being full of Jesus. Being full of Jesus. 
We've got to get to that place where we have him. And I want to tell you, God's going to touch you tonight. God's going to touch you tonight. There is, there is a, a, a blessing that comes with the fullness because it means you won't be tossed about to and fro following every doctrine, everything that comes along. I talk to people all the time. They, 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 they talk about this. They talk about that. But you know what? I'll tell you this. Every false teaching and cult I've ever known will take this word of God right here, and they will cross that word out. They'll add an A right here. They'll add this. they got to change this book. They got to change this book. And, I, I, and I'm telling you right now that we've got to get back to the book. We've got to get back to depending on the power of the Holy Spirit. And we've got to be a people of the Word of God. We've got to be like those Bereans in the last days. Even when Paul began to preach and Paul began to go to, to, to those Bereans, they, they looked at what he said against the Word of God and they made sure that what he taught lined up, line upon line, precept upon precept. They made sure that he didn't deal from the word of God you know what that's one of the reasons why we leave the lights on in our church we want you to be able to take your bible and follow with pastor and check pastor amen whoever's preaching in this pulpit the lights are going to be on and you're going to follow from the word of God so that you're not misled we need the word of God to guide us the Word of God is a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. Amen. Amen. That's one of the reasons we leave the lights on. There's others. God's light, and in Him is no darkness at all. That's another one. Amen. Uh, turn with me to, to, to John chapter 1. Let's go over here to the book of John real quick. John chapter 1. Hallelujah. See, there's this fullness that comes from that stature of Christ. And I want to tell you right now, that, that fullness is Christ. It, it, that, that fullness is not you getting a degree. That fullness is not you entering into ministry. That fullness is not you buying a systematic theological book. That fullness is not you do, learning Hebrew or learning Greek. That's not the fullness. The fullness is Jesus. He is the fullness. He is the object of my soul. He is the object of my desire. He is the object of my faith. He is the one in whom I love. He is the one in whom I trust. And he is the fullness that you need. And I'm telling you, if, if, if you don't receive this fullness that God has, A, you're derelict because there are people around you that you can touch. There are lives around you that you can affect for God. But if you're not full of God, you're not going to touch them for God. People need God. People are giving up right now. People are losing hope right now. And they don't need poems. You can go on Facebook and read poems. You can go on, on online and read poems. That doesn't help the soul. Only one thing touches the soul, and that's God. John chapter 1. Whew, I'm excited tonight. Let's start with verse, let's start with verse 14. Verse 14, it says the word, now that's Jesus, okay? It says the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. See, they, they didn't get caught up in I'm an apostle. 
Now, they did for a minute, but Jesus had to correct it. Lord, let me sit by you. (laughs) Jesus had to put that down. But you see, when, when we're truly walking with God, what's the most preeminent thing? Beholding the glory of Jesus. Oh, church, we've got to get back to that place where we fall in love with the Lamb of God again. We've got to get back to that place where we sell out and go broke for God again. Where we lay aside every worldly thing and get alone with God and get full of God. John said, we beheld His glory. They didn't. Look, if, if, if you talk to people today, they'd be like, well, you know, his robe was, um, it, it, it was this long and, and it was like this. They'd be talking about everything but the one that was incarnate. Amen. You know, people get, you get into theological discussions about, well, did he, what, what, you know, what color was his skin? Did he have a beard or a goatee? Did he have a curly mustache? Was he tall? Was he short? You know what? That don't matter. They weren't looking at the natural. They were looking past the natural. They were looking into the spirit, and they were beholding the glory of God manifest in flesh. And you know what? If you're going to go forward in God, you're going to have to get to that place where you behold the glory of God in the face of Jesus. That'll take you there. That'll take you there. There was a time in Jesus' ministry, he was preaching, and and the disciples came to him, and there was two Greek guys. They came up, and they said, Sir, we would see Jesus. And that's when Jesus, it says, he knew it was time to go to Jerusalem and be crucified. Because that Gentile world started getting a burden to see God. That Gentile world started seeing a burden, and so he had to go to the cross so that he could bring us in. And I'm telling you, you've got to get that burden to see him, to behold his glory. It says, we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of of grace and truth, all grace, all truth in Christ. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. This is John the Baptist. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Notice what he says right here, verse 16. And of his fullness have all we received and grace for grace. I want to tell you, It is that receiving that we need. John the Baptist, John the Apostle, Peter the Apostle, you know, all these men of God, they received of his fullness. They received of him. You know what? That takes time. You've got to go to that place where you sit alone with God, where you get consecrated before God, where you might have to turn off the the, the phone or the TV and get alone with God. They said uh, John Wesley's mom, when, when she was raising those children, she would sit in a rocking chair and pray in the spirit. And she had a um, something she would put over her head. And, and, and he said, whenever mom was praying, we knew you don't mess with mom. You don't bother her about this, you know, I need a drink or I need this. She would just have those certain times of the day and she would put that thing over her head and she would get to praying because she needed God. In order for her to be a godly mother, she had to take time to get alone with God and get full of God and then she could go forward and lead these children to God. How much more in our generation? Look, they didn't have, they didn't have uh, all the, the, 
ungodliness that our nation has back then. Now, they had ungodliness, but they didn't have it like we've got it. We live in a wicked generation. We live in a generation that is so wicked. It says, of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace This receiving is what I want to key in on tonight, and I want to ask you if you've received of His fullness because it is necessity that you receive of His fullness. God has fullness available for you because He loves you. When Jesus said He was going to go back to be with the Father, He said then He would turn and He would send the Holy Ghost, and He and the Father would make their abode in you. He said in John 15, this is the promise of the Father, the Holy Ghost, Christ in you. Because He loves you, He will not leave you. He will not forsake you, but He will abide within you. And this is His promise. That you, you, it doesn't matter your intellect level, doesn't matter your educational level, it doesn't matter your background level, God will live inside you. You can receive of His fullness right now. If you will believe, you can receive. And I'm going to show you that in just a second. Turn with me to John chapter 7. I want to show you that if you'll just simply believe, you will receive. Hallelujah. Jesus in John 7, verse 37. He said, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Now, I want you to listen to these words in red letters. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Church, I want to tell you, there's a couple of things I want to point out to you. First and foremost, it says in verse 38, if you believe, these rivers shall flow. If you believe. What's What's the prerequisite for these rivers flowing out of you? Belief. That's it. It says you've got to believe, but there was a condition, as the Scripture said. You you can't believe in a Mormon God and get the Holy Ghost. You, you, You can't believe in a Jehovah's Witness God and get the Holy Ghost. You've got to believe according to the Scripture. And if you believe the witness of God through the inspiration of God, he that believeth shall, look, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. I told you that song, that living water. You're the living water. We, we sang that song. Look how God orchestrated that. If you believe, out of your belly shall flow 
rivers of living water. And you might say, well, that's just, you know, that, that's this or that's that. No, God actually clarifies so that you know exactly, precisely what he means by living water. He said, this he spake of the Spirit. So the living water is the Spirit. The living water is the Spirit. If you believe, out of your belly shall flow this living water. Now, there's a, I, I, I gotta get into this. Which they that believe, so receive, believe. They that believe on him should receive. They that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, there's a couple of things I want to touch on on this. Number one, in order for you to receive this living water, you have to believe Jesus. You have to believe that he can do this. You've got to believe that this spirit will flow through you. You've got to give yourself over to him. You've got to believe exactly what this scripture says. If you believe, it's going to come out. You've got to believe it. Number two, what I want to tell you, look in verse number 37. Jesus started this whole thing off. He said, if any man thirst, if any man thirst, you know what? He's not talking about natural water, church. I, sometimes I preach, I might get thirsty, I, but I'm not talking about that kind of thirst. He's talking about when you get thirsty for God. He's talking about when you come to the end of yourself. One of the most important lessons that we can learn in life is coming to the end of ourself. When we can recognize our inability, when we can recognize our, our, our limitations, when we can recognize that we have a wall that we can't get past and we need God. That's when you truly begin to start thirsting for God. That's when you truly begin to start thirsting for God. And, and Jesus said, if any man thirst, if any man thirst, let him come to me. You know that you, 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 can, um, you can go and try to find other, other sources to fill that thirst in your soul. Amen. Many people try to fill that, that, that place in their life through the things of the world. But I want to tell you, I want to tell you, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, what? The mouth speaks. And, and what goes, if something of the world goes into you, something of the world's going to come out of you. But if what goes into you is not of this world, but is of the creator of the world, then what comes out of you is that same thing. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if we get alone with God and we allow the Lord to come and we receive him, come on now, we believe we receive, then what comes out of us is what came into us. What comes out of us is what came into us. Amen. I want to tell you, there's, there's, a, there's a powerful principle in this that you need to see. Number, another, another thing I want you to see in this is that when the Holy Ghost comes in you, he expects something to come out of you. You see, we, we in the church, well, you know, I got the joy. I got the joy. I got the joy. Well, that's good, but the world needs a joy. You see the, you see the thing here. I've got the power, I've got the power, I've got the power. That's good because there are some people that are impotent. There are some people that are under the bondage of Satan, and they need the power of God too. 
Amen. And if I truly get the Holy Ghost coming in me, there's something going to come out of me because I'm going to cast out devils. I'm going to rebuke ungodly things. I'm going to call things that are not as though they are. I'm going to prophesy. I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to see chains fall in Jesus' name. You see, it is, it is about, you have to understand, it, Jesus didn't say when you believe, you're just going to have this water inside you. You see, he didn't say when you believe, you're just going to be overjoyed on the inside. No, he said when you believe, there's going to be something come out of you. And it's going to be living water, and it's going to be, listen, that living water is going to touch other lives. That living water is going to touch others lives now if you haven't been alone with God and you haven't been thirsty for God and you haven't been filled with the spirit of God and people get around you you're going to talk about the weather you're going to talk about the saints or the cowboys you're going to talk about you know uh, some shirt you bought at the store and they didn't they they charge you too much and you had to take it back and you had to do you're going to talk about and you're going to run you're going to talk about politicians you're going to talk about your 401k you're going to talk about the stock market you're going to talk about this that and the other but when you've received of the living water what's going to come out of you living water you're going to tell somebody you know what I, I i know things seem out of control but i serve a god that's in control you know what that's what they they don't need us to get on this political rant they need us to point them to god they don't need us to to, to get on this oh you know everything's going down well you know what god's going to call us up you know, we, we, can get, we can get down in the mud of hopelessness with everybody else, but if we truly are thirsty for God and we truly believe God, we will receive something in our heart. And Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And you know what the world needs? The world needs the church to get along with God, get right with God, and begin to pray right, begin to live right, begin to preach right. Amen? Amen. I'm so I'm, I, I I could go off on a tangent on this. Now I'm so tired of you know we, we you you see people that uh, they get off they they start talking about everything under the sun except for the power of God to change lives. They will talk about money. They'll talk about building projects. Sow your seed. Do this. Do that. Sign up for this. Sign up. But they won't talk about the power of God. You know what our world needs? Our world needs Jesus. Our world doesn't need me. Our world doesn't need you. Our world needs Jesus. The problem for them is we are the body of Jesus. When Paul was persecuting the church, Jesus stopped him, blinded him, and stopped him. And Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? And Paul was like, well, I'm not persecuting you. I'm persecuting those Christians. And he said, that's me. That's me. We're his body. We're his bride. Amen. Whenever, whenever somebody starts talking bad about the church, come on now. They talk bad about Jesus. We've got to be careful. Amen. We, we need to understand that judgment starts with the house of God. We've got to get our house in order. We've got to get all these charlatans out of the church. We've got to get all these, these uh, attractions out of the church. And we've got to get back to the root of the matter. We got to get back to the root of the matter. Sometimes we need to remove other sources so that we can start thirsting again. 
There's time in your life when you need water and, and soda won't cut it. I hate to break the bad news to you. I understand your pain. But there's times that we got to understand soda don't quench thirst. It's a false imitation. It goes down the same way. You use the same muscles. Looks the same. But it does a different work. There's certain things. We've got to understand this. That we're going to have to eliminate from our lives. If we're going to go forward in God. In the fullness of God. Now if you want to play on the fence and play happen. You know I don't want to play religion. I was raised in religion and I didn't know God. And I don't want to go back to that. I'm not going to play religion. I want God and I don't want nothing less than God. I want all that God has. And I hope you do too. But I'm telling you what our generation needs is Jesus, not us. Not story time, not innuendo, not a guilt trip. The world needs Jesus like never before. Are you with me? The world needs Jesus like never before. Let me show you something in, in Proverbs 25. Turn with me to Proverbs 25. Hallelujah. You know, when, 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 when I talk about the Scripture says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, one of the things that comes to my mind is a lot of times in the church world, and we, we've got to get this right, because a lot of times in the church world, what comes out of us is, is things of the world. Why? Why? Because we're not, we're not where we need to be. We haven't got to this place of fullness yet. And you know, that's why society is in the condition it is. They, I wasn't around at the time, but I was told that when the air conditioning came into the church, the prayer conditioning went out of the church. Maybe, maybe not. But something has changed in the church. I believe with all my heart, if we are who we're supposed to be, we're going to affect change in a nation. I believe with all my heart, just like those, the, the first church, they turned Rome upside down. Rome was a godless place. They, they had sexual sin. They had, they had uh, sexual sin all over the place. They, they were ungodly in many ways. And the first church turned Rome upside down, broke the back of Rome because they stood on the authority of Jesus Christ. They were full of the Spirit of God. They weren't going around saying, we need a new Caesar. We need a new Caesar. Where's my tax money, Caesar? You've taken too much of my tax money, Caesar. They weren't going around doing that. They were going around saying, repent or you're going to go to hell. If you don't believe me, go read what Paul told King Agrippa in Acts 26. This is what God said. He's calling all men everywhere to repent. That's what God said. Well, the reality is, is the, the, the abundance coming out of a lot of folks in the church is the abundance of Hollywood. That's why we do series about movies in churches today. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Why are we doing movie series on Nemo? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
we ain't right. Why do we sing worldly songs in some of our churches? Shreveport and Bossier. Why do we sing Bon Jovi, Journey? Why do we sing Michael Jackson? Why do we sing these worldly songs inside our churches? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Why do we get caught up in worldly drama? Because we got drama on the inside. This abundance must be the living water. This abundance in us must be the Holy Ghost. The abundance in us must be the fullness of Jesus in our lives. I'm telling you, we are. if we don't, we're derelict in our duty. We, we're in holiday season right now. I want to tell you, you need God so that you can make it through. Everybody has hard days. I had a hard day the other day thinking about my grandfather, thinking about my mom, thinking about this, thinking about. We have bad days and we need Jesus. I don't need cliches and poems. I don't need a pat on the back, although it's okay to have that. But what truly comforts my soul is Jesus. Is Jesus. I've got to think back and I've got to look back and I've got to remember, you know, what the word says about death and what the world said, what the word of God says about eternity and what the word of God says about our loved ones. I've got to look back and remember this life is fleeting. It may seem like right now you're stuck, but I promise you, you are going at warp speed toward death. You are going to go through the door called death and you will go to heaven or hell very soon. And in the time like this that we live in, in these holiday seasons, sometimes we, get, we just get mixed up and messed up. We need Jesus. As much as we need Jesus, even more the world needs Jesus. And we're derelict in our duty if we're not. And I'm, I'm telling you this for a reason, because the Holy Spirit is not for extra credit. You're not going to get extra credit on the day of judgment because you were baptized in the Holy Ghost. It's not for extra credit. If, if, if you don't believe and receive the Holy Spirit, you're gonna, you're, you, God's going to say, why didn't you? Why didn't you? It, 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 it defies logic because the devil's pulled a number over the church. The devil's taught the church that we don't need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's been cancel cultured by the devil. You can go to church denominations and read books about how we don't need the Holy Ghost anymore. The devil's done a cancel culture on the church. Holy Ghost done got canceled. Well, not here. Not in this book. And not in our lives, right? Not in our lives. And I believe what's going to change this nation is when a church gets full of the fire of God. When the church gets full of the fire of God, God's going to start a fire in you, and it's going to spread to others. There's people around you that addictions will be broken when you get full of God. There's people around you that their hearts are going to be mended. Their emotions are going to be mended. Their mind, they're going to get a right mind. They're going to begin to live for God. If you get full of God and out of the abundance of your heart, that mouth begins to speak and those rivers of living water begin to flow out of you. God's going to touch some folks through you as you're caught on fire for Him. But what do we reflect? John said over there that of his fullness, 
we've received. But prior to that, he said in verse 14, we beheld his glory. Before there was a receiving of the fullness, there was a, there was a beholding of his glory. And you see, that abundance flowing out of us, what we reflect has to be God, not society. In order for you to be who God wants you to be. Now, Proverbs 25, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into this verse right here. Proverbs chapter 25, verse number 25. Read with me the scripture. As cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. You know what? I I get happy on this verse because I got good news from a far country. The word of God says that I'm an ambassador for Christ. Amen. That's why we live the way that we do. We are ambassadors for Christ Jesus. This world is not our home. We've been given a mission from heaven, and that is to proclaim the authority of God and to pronounce the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are ambassadors here. If you've been converted and God didn't call you home, the only reason you're here is to be an ambassador for Jesus. You look at the you if you look at politics when an ambassador gets a job and they go they maybe they're the ambassador to Japan or something. You know what they do? They go they go live in a foreign country. But they don't speak the foreign country's language. They still dress with the the way that they're supposed to dress from their nation. They still communicate what their nation wants them to communicate to the nation in which they live. They don't get caught up in that drama. Why? Because they represent another nation. They represent another nation. And you know what? You represent Jesus. You bring bring good news from a far country to folks. But look at this verse prior. It says, as... Cold waters to a thirsty soul. You know, last time I checked, water is a natural substance, and a soul can't drink a natural substance. You're made up. The Word of God says in First Thessalonians chapter 5 that God will make you whole in body, soul, and spirit. You are made up. You are a tripart being. You are body, you are soul, and you are spirit. But when you drink, it's your, it's your natural body that drinks. But you know, it's kind of like if you've, you've ever had some really good cooking, they call it soul food. You know why? Because it's not just naturally good. It gets down to the, it gets like way down deep. It, I mean, it's like good. It goes past just a good hamburger it touches the soul they say well food really can't touch the soul are you with me food really can't touch the soul it's a metaphor but you know when God says that this that that uh, you know that thirsty water that what he's talking about there is when you thirst from deep within He's not talking about, you know what, when you're really thirsty and you've, maybe you've walked through a desert in life. Somebody say amen. I've walked through a desert in my life before. We've been through that dry season. And you know what, you think of somebody that's walked through a desert and they come to a fountain of water that has cold water. You know what, it's not only that they just have this one drink and they go, ah, but you know what, they're also glad 
because there's been provision made. They're glad because now I don't have to thirst anymore. It's not only that first tangible, natural drink, but it's the reality that there's something more there. And I want to tell you, God's called you to drink of Him. Jesus said, if any man thirst, let him come. He wasn't talking about thirsting naturally. He was talking about deep down in that soul like he's talking about right here. See, one of my favorite stories in the Word of God is whenever David was in the cave of Adullam and, and, and he was on the run. He, he wanted to go back home, but he was on the run and he longed for the waters from home. He longed for the waters from home. And some of his men snuck out and they went through the enemy's camp and they went all the way back to Jerusalem and they got a cup of water and they snuck all the way back to the cave and they came and they brought it to him. Can I tell you, he wasn't just thirsty for the water. It, it, it wasn't that he was just thirsty for that natural water. It's, I mean, he could have found water where he was. But it was because he wanted the water from the house of God. That's what he wanted. Not just water, but he wanted to be where God was. And you see, God's calling upon us to get to a place to where we begin to hunger and thirst for Him, for His righteousness. And He said, church, if you believe, you will receive. And what our world needs today, our world needs for you to get caught up in that flow. Our world needs you to get caught up in that flow. You need to let go of whatever you need to let go of. One of the words that God spoke to me over this message is that some of us have a log jam where that river is supposed to be flowing. Some of us have a log jam where that river is supposed to flow. We, we've got doubt. We've got unbelief. We don't want to be typified. We don't want people to look at us. We don't want to truly let go and let God. We're scared. We're just tipping our toes in there. But God said some of us have a literal log jam. I saw just logs just all pressed in together where that fountain's supposed to be springing out. We've got something stopping it up. We've got to get to the place where we get alone with God and let God put his finger on it. Because only God knows what the hindrance is. It's a, it's a dangerous thing, but it's a blessed thing. Say, Lord, search me. Lord, search me. Search me, Lord. If there's something that is clogging up that flow out of me of living waters, Lord, show me. I want to get it out. Because... What our society needs is not me going through the motions. Our society doesn't need me to be respectable and go through the motions. Our society needs God. Our society needs God. And we can't be derelict in our duty. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we bless you tonight and we thank you for the power of your spirit. Lord, we thank you for the promise of John 7 that if we would simply believe, we would also likewise receive. Lord, I ask tonight that you would pour out your Spirit upon every seeking heart, every believing heart. God, I pray that you would pour out your Spirit right now. Lord, I ask, Father, that you would search us. 
And if any person in here has a log jam, God, I ask that you would put your finger on it, that we would know what we're up against, that we could, that we could come to you with it. And Lord, we thank you that you'll be faithful to remove that log jam and break those things out. Lord, I ask that you would do a work in us tonight, that we could receive of those waters, those living waters tonight, oh God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you're here tonight, if God's speaking to you, would you just raise your hand, wave your hand to me if God's speaking to you. Wave your hand if God's speaking. Hallelujah. Just tell the Lord. You're telling the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're waving our hand to the Lord, just saying, Lord, I hear you. I hear you, God.